All right, we've been sharing last week. I started sharing on the, we, we have been touching on the aspect of the testimony, the testimony of the Lord. And uh, last week we started looking at the aspect of what does the testimony of the Lord teach us. And as we were looking at that particular aspect, one of the things that we touched on, and I remind you, is the Word of God says the whole earth is full or is filled with the glory of God. Now, what is the glory of God? I wanted to, uh, and, uh, the, the, the way I describe the glory of God, I did always describe the glory of God just within a simple sentence. Glory means God's style. That is the way God does his things. Because we can't see him. We only can experience what it is that he's doing unto us or doing in the lives of our dear ones around about us. That's how we experience, we experience God. We can't be able to see him with our own eyes. Once in a while, we may hear him with our ear. He may choose to open our ear to hear his voice. Other times, we may speak across into our spirits. But glory, I take, I always describe glory as God's style. The way he does his stuff. And the Bible says, the whole earth is filled with the glory of God. What does it mean? Essentially, it means it shows you God's style. You just look outside and you'll see how he does his stuff. Now, you don't need to look outside. You don't need to look outside. You just need to look around. You know, turn to your left, you'll see the glory of God. Turn to your right, you'll see the glory of God. I'm talking about that person who is seated next to you. That is the glory of God. Don't despise him or her. That essentially tells you that that is, that is the glory of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So the, the thing that I want us to look at this particular moment of the morning is the aspect that what does the testimony of the Lord teach us as we look at the glory of God? Last week we looked in depth. We looked at the aspect that even when you look at the small ant, it manifests the glory of God to be able to teach you a wonderful lesson. In fact, he speaks to the whole of humanity. He tells them, go to the ant, or you sluggard. And learn, learn from it. He will not speak from heaven. He leaves us. If at all we are lazy, you know, we, we procrastinate and do so many things in our own setup. He tells us, I'm not going to talk to you. Go to the ant and you will learn the lesson that I'm trying to teach or that I'm trying to tell you. If you are worried, you know, wondering what am I going to eat. He tells you, come on, I'm not going to teach you. Go to the birds. Just as our dear said, you know, he feeds the sparrow. You know, go to the, you know, go to the, go to the birds, and he says they don't toil, they don't labor. Yet the father, your father in heaven, provides for them. And you're wondering, what am I going to dress? What am I going to put on? He tells you, I'm not going to tell you how you're going to put on. He says, simply go to the grass, which in the morning is it flowers, and then in the evening it is cut and thrown into the fire, and it is used, it is finished. And but he says, go to it. He says, even Solomon in all his wisdom and splendor, he could not dress like any one of these particular, you know, plants that we, we consider sometimes. We don't even consider. We just step on them and move, move on with life. Yet he, tell, he says, that is your father dressing these particular, these particular plants. And you don't need. He says, go to them and learn. Get the lesson. Essentially, he's telling you, without faith, it is impossible to please me. Now look at the grass. It has, it relaxes in my purposes. It relaxes in my plan. It will make my whole earth green wherever I want it to grow. 
And he tells us, go to it and learn from it. And then finally he tells you, you want to know how the righteous are, we say, as he says in Proverbs chapter 28, the righteous are as bold. He doesn't say, I will, I will not tell you how, how, how the righteous are, but he tells you, go to the lion, look at it, and you'll see the beauty and the glory of being righteous. He says, they are as bold as a lion. Now, if you want boldness to be made encouraged and to be made manifest in your life, Take the, right, the, the root of righteousness. He tells us in that particular place, you'll find boldness and you'll find that tenacity. Nothing will scare you because he says the righteous are as bold as a lion. Praise God. And so today, I just wanted us to be able to look at four things. We'll brush through them very quickly. We realize we've got quite a number of our dear ones. They have gone, already gone to Maidenhead for the wedding. I'm, re, I'm required to be there maybe by around 1. So it, 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 I, I need to finish. We, we, we'll finish maybe by 12.30. I may be able to drive quickly to get across to that particular side. But in the meantime, let us look at four, maybe one or two or three aspects. The what do we learn from the testimony of the Lord? Right from the beginning, remember what we say. The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. And the testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple. What it has taught us is. If you want to be wise. Look at the testimonies of God. Don't waste your time looking at what men and women are, are, are even inventing. He says the wisdom for you is found in the testimony. Look at what the Lord has done. And as you consider it. He says. It, 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 it sparks a spark of wisdom within your spirit. It brings you to a place of understanding that others will not be able to grasp. That's why he told us in Psalms 100, 119, I think it was 99 and 100. That's why he says, I am wiser than my teachers because I meditate on your testimonies. Or because your testimonies are my meditation. He says, I know more than the ancients. You know, the, the old men who may think that they know so much. This young man comes and says, I know more than the ancients. Why? Because I meditate on your testimonies. I have kept them in my heart. They are the ones I look at. I see how you have done it. And it makes me wiser and it gives me deep understanding. So today, let us now go moment by moment. First and foremost, we have touched over and over when I began this particular series. In the aspect, we started with learning that God does his work or God is always in the moment. He, forget about yesterday. He's not in yesterday. Forget about the future. He's not in the future. He says, I am who I am. He's always next here, now. He, that is where he lives. That's where he abides. And he wants to walk with us into the future. Always, always us experiencing him. Now, what is he telling us in his testimonies? As you look at his testimonies, you will come to discover one thing. That all God's works, all the works of our father, they are always done now. They are always done in the moment. In that particular moment, when they are, that is, what does that mean? As you heed as you heed what prompting that is prompting you into, that is, his plan unveils more and more as you heed. If you fail to heed, 
plan will not unveil. The plan stops. But when you heed and obey, that particular moment, you'll find that a new page opens and you move into that page, another new page opens and you've moved. And that's how the Father seeks to work with each one of us. That's what his testimonies teach us. And basically one of the things I want you to look at it is look at the baptism of Jesus. You can read it, the baptism of Jesus yourself later. But after baptism, the Spirit leads Jesus away. You know, away from, the, from, from River Jordan. Now the strange thing you realize about that Spirit, the, lead, the leading of the Spirit is, He leads Jesus away from everybody and from everything after His baptism. And he, you know, with, it's like without warning, without warning, he does, he's not prepared, he, he does not prepare him in advance that, you know what, after baptism, we are going to the wilderness. So you better get yourself ready. Get another pair of clothes you carry because you're going to be there for a long time. Now, he doesn't warn him in advance. It is after baptism, after he comes out of the water, the spirit comes upon him. And what happens? The Bible says he leads Jesus away into the wilderness he is taken to a place where there is nothing to fall back to he does not have you know he does not have anybody to look to only the animals are around the bible says you know he was there in the wilderness with the animals and the angels of course came and ministered unto him but the main thing i want you to realize is he after leaving the river he does not go back home to check on his mother and tell his mother you know what i'm not going to be around for the next 40 days he didn't even know how long he's going to be away the bible says the spirit led him and he obeyed in that particular moment it, he moved you know he he moved into the wilderness not knowing what lies ahead but the bible says the spirit led him to go to be tempted by the devil you can imagine. That was what is in the plan of the Spirit's mind. But Jesus was obedient to be able to do the Father's will. I want you to ask yourself and I want you to ask, my, my, I ask, I ask myself, how obedient am I in the moment? Are there moments that I have missed that particular, you know, turn of events that God wanted to do something in my life and I hesitated? The moment you hesitate, the moment you hold back, the moment you doubt, you miss that particular favor and that plan that God has planned for you. I want you to realize in John chapter 2 verse 24, he says, when he comes back from the, from the wilderness and he starts his ministry, there's something interesting about him. The Bible says in John chapter 2 verse 24, but Jesus did not commit himself to anyone of them because he knew all men and he did not need anybody to tell him anything about men or men and women. What is he telling us? That his ear was only open to the Father, to hear what is the Spirit saying, so that I may be able to do it. And many times we miss what the testimony of the Lord is teaching us, because what do we do? When he speaks to us, and what happens? I will go to Sister Audrey and ask, oh, Audrey, what do you think? I am having this feeling. Do you think God is in it? I go to Michael. I go to Ronaldo. I'll come back to Florence. By the time I've received all those particular ideas, I'm starting to want to hold on. Was I actually listening to God or was, uh, it was all my own ideas that I was having? In that particular time, I miss out what God had planned for me. He doesn't speak maybe a second time. He waits for me to obey that particular initial voice. I miss that particular initial voice. Look at, look at him once again. You know, he says he had one particular companion in his life. 
If you look at John chapter 8 verse 29, the word of God says, And he who sent me, that is Jesus saying, He who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. What is that testimony? Jesus is the testimony or a testimony the Father is manifesting himself unto us. And he says, God did not leave him. Why? Because he always did what pleased him. What does that say? Moment by moment, he was always obeying, always obeying never holding back, never resisting. And I want you to look at yourself and ask yourself, how is it with me? Look at you know, John chapter 16, verse 31 and 32. He says the following, Jesus answered them, do you now believe? He's talking to his disciples when he's nearing the time of going away to the Father. Then he says, indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come. That you will all be scattered, each one to his own, and you will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. Why? Because if we go back to chapter 8, verse 29, I always do what pleases him. And I want you to ask yourself, if you have felt lonely and you have felt you have missed the presence of God, just ask yourself, that a, you know, how you know, am I obeying him moment by moment? Because what that testimony of the Lord is telling us is this. If I will obey moment by moment, God will always be with me. He will always be manifested in my issues, in my business, in everything that I do. He will always show up in all my relationships, wherever it is that I step, if I only obey him moment by moment, he will always be with me. He will not leave me alone. Look at what Micah tells us in chapter eight, 6, verse 8. He says some interesting one. How, you know, he has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Now look at Jesus Christ as we look at the testimony of God. In, in, in his life, you find he acted justly. You know, confirming or seeking to prove to us that how it is that God expects of us. What has he required of you? If you look at Matthew chapter 12 verse 20, the Bible says, A bruised reed he will not break. A smoking flax he will not quench till he sends forth justice to victory. What is he saying? Initially, first of all, in the context of that teaching, he's talking about Israel. Although Israel had denied and rejected him, although it had spanned the opportunity of them receiving the Messiah at that particular time, they were like, you know, they were like a broken, a bruised reed. It, it was a bruised reed. It, they were like, you know, a, a, a smoking flax. Yet, he does not break it and say, useless Israel, useless Jews, I'll never come back to you again. You have lost your opportunity, you'll perish forevermore. No, the Bible says, he, he says, he, he will not break that bruised reed. And he will not, you know, quench that smoking flax till he sends justice. He even for justice victory. Why? Because God is just. What he promised Abraham cannot fail, cannot change. What he promised David cannot change. He will not abandon his people Israel. 
And so for that reason, although they have failed, fallen now, and they have done the unforgivable sin, because they have rejected the Messiah, and they have lost the kingdom, that generation lost the kingdom, yet he will bring justice to victory. One day he will still restore the whole Israel back to himself. That's what he has promised. He will bring it through to victory. The same case happens to you. It does not matter how difficult your life has been and how setback, maybe you have fallen and you have lost hope. But he gives that particular assurance. I will bring justice to victory in the name of Jesus. Just believe, just trust, just hold. Don't get discouraged and to lose the confidence of God in what it is that he has promised to do in your life. Don't lose hope because the healing has not manifested now. Keep on looking up and knowing he will bring justice to victory because he will not abandon me in this particular broken state, in this particular lost estate. That is his promise, the testimony of the Lord. He works in the moment in Jesus' name. He says, walk to love mercy. If you know somebody who loved mercy, think of somebody allowing the lepers to come to touch him. And you know, he's, he, he, the, he, he asked, the, the leper comes to him and he says, if you are willing, you can cleanse, you can make me clean. And he touches him. He tells him, yes, I am willing. It was a, a, it was, it was a taboo to touch a leper. But what does he do? Mercy goes beyond all imagination. He touches the untouchable. The prostitutes and the outcasts, they come to him. Why? That is mercy. And what is he teaching you and teaching me? That's what the testimony of the Lord is teaching us. Don't override, don't just write off anything or anybody as you pass by them. Even if they are useless. Let the mercy of God work through you so that the grace of God shall be revealed unto that man, that woman, that family in Jesus' name. Don't write them over there. That is the judgment of God upon him. That is the judgment of God upon them. That's what we like doing. When we see either brother or sister in need or in problem, we say that must be God's judgment on him. Maybe he or she has, has sinned. That's how God is punishing them. We love doing that. It is very common in the house of God. But it is wrong. He says, look at the mercy of God and let us be able to love mercy. Just like the motto that we have in the, in the church. That you know, love honor and accept everyone as they are in that way we'll be able to connect and grow and be able to go others will see the love of god and they will want to join they will want to reach out to that particular community that fellowship because why not because we are preaching always with the loudspeakers across but because they can see that the, the, the synergy the love that is in our midst that oneness that unity that togetherness it makes all the difference Think of our brother Richard and his wife coming all the way from Ashford, all the way in Kent, coming all the way to come just for a service in Perryville. That is a long distance to drive. And yet they come all the way. Why? Because they love you and they love me. They want to be us together, to be together in that particular fellowship. And that's how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. He commands the blessing in that place. Why? Because, oh, he's come all the way from, they have come all the way from Kent. I'm going to command a blessing in that place. So you are blessed you came today. Hallelujah. You will tap in into that favor, into that blessing of God in Jesus' name. Now realize something. Look at Abraham. He got his promise because he obeyed in the moment. Look at, look at Moses. 
they, they, they got the purposes of God because they obeyed in a moment. Look at Jesus, look at Paul, look at the disciples. Everybody responds in the moment. But as we said last time, look at Israel. Israel hesitated when Jesus came. They stumbled. They doubted. They failed to respond in the moment. They lost the kingdom. And for over 2,000 years, Israel has suffered terribly. They have been scattered across the whole world because they rejected. They failed to obey in the moment. May God help you and help me to be able to obey in the moment in Jesus' name. The second aspect that you will learn is that the testimony of God, it provokes or it inspires or evokes faith in each one of us. You've heard that song that says, look what the Lord has done. Oh, look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me and it was just in time. I'm going to praise his name. Yeah, his love is just the same. Oh, I'm going to praise him. Look what the Lord has done. It is the testimony of the Lord. Look what the Lord has done. Look to your right, look your, to your left. That man or that woman maybe have been a broken vessel, a broken thing. But God has managed to hold that person together to this moment. Look what the Lord has done. He is able to do it in your life in Jesus' name. Don't lose hope. Don't be discouraged and think that it cannot happen. Cry out unto him, Father, you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You will do it for me in Jesus' name. He says, you know, for, you know uh, 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 that is, just hold on to that one and think about it. The testimony, it brings faith. As you look at him raising Lazarus, you realize, oh, he can raise me too. Remember that blind man was born blind. And he said, he managed to open his eyes for the first time and he saw people. And he says, you know, he is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. He will do it for you. You've heard what Ronaldo has testified here about his son. His son didn't know the possibility. He wanted to go to a nearby school. But God had a different plan in his mind. He decided to take him to a, a, a faraway place because it is a better place for him. Look what the Lord has done. And for least of all, it is a sign for him who is invisible to show you the way and to show me the way. When you look at the, when you look at the testimony, when you look at the testimony of God, we've looked at Jesus. He shows us and he is the way. Now, I want you to look at yourself as we finish for the evening or for this afternoon. You are God's testimony because he uses human beings. And he uses men and women. He does not use methods or machines. He uses you to be able to reveal himself. Hear what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 to 21. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. That I no longer just see you as that man or that woman who stays in that particular place. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through the Lord Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God is in Christ, was in Christ Jesus, you know, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Then he says, now then, 
We are ambassadors of Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Um, and you remember an ambassador doesn't live for himself. An ambassador only represents his country and his head of state. He cannot give his mind. His mind is the mind of the state or wherever it is that he has come from. Even where he stays is counted to be that, uh, a place of that country. So where you are, you are a citizen of eternity. And God is manifesting himself in you. And I want you to ask yourself, as I look at you, I'm no longer looking at Leah, Leah, as the Leah I know, but I'm looking at Christ at work, Jesus Christ at work. As I look at Michael, it's not that Michael that I always I may joke with him at the, at the, at the, at the at cafe. He is a manifestation of the Lord Jesus Christ. I look at, at Brian, I see a manifestation of the Lord Jesus. Each one of us, we are a manifestation of the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord help you, may the Lord help me to appreciate each other. Appreciate your brother, appreciate your sister. Pray for each other. That God, that which you have ordained in that man or that woman, oh, Father, let it come through. Let it be made manifest. Let it shine so that I may see your testimony. I may see what have you written in that particular. Do you know what? The DNA, our DNA, spells out who we are in every particular aspect. And that is what God has, the DNA of God, it is such that it manifests the glory of God, and you are part of that particular DNA. What is he revealing to me as I look at Brother Sunil? What am I seeing? Am I seeing what God wants me to see? Or am I seeing that, oh, that is Brother Sunil, and that is finished? Go as you go home, pray and cry unto God, Father, let me discover what is in my brother Steve. That is the testimony that I want to, that you want me to learn. What do you want me to learn in Hope Community Church, West London? What do you want to want me to learn from my brother or my sister or my wife or my husband? Don't despise anybody or anything. They are the testimony that God is placing before you to prepare you for eternity in the name of Jesus Christ. And as you do that, God will be glorified. Least of all, I'll read this scripture, then we, we, we draw to a close. Another thing I'll share another time. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2 to 3. He says, you yourselves are our letter. That is Paul saying, you yourselves, you are our letter. Written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ. Then uh, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of a human heart. Now, I want you to ask yourself, you are the letter. You are a witness. You are what the, the Bible says, Christ has written you as the letter. And that letter is supposed to be read. It is a testimony. It is a witness for God Almighty. I am a testimony. I am a letter that is supposed to be read. And my brother and my sister, I want you to ask yourself, what is being read as I walk along the streets? What is being read as I relate to my wife here? What is she reading? Does she read, or is this Christ, or I'm seeing a devil in my house? The, 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 those are the things I want you to consider. Ask yourself, what is being read as people look at me? And as I walk up and down in my profession as a child of God and as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, what is being read? 
what is being communicated across. May God have mercy upon each one of us that we may be able to grasp and be able to get to know what testimony you are that the Lord is presenting forth. Let us learn. His work is done in the moment. Let us fill our lives with his testimony that our faith may be able to flare up and burn brightly in Jesus' name. And let us remember, you are the sign of God for me. Just as every other work of God is a sign of God, let me be able to look at you and discover, oh, that's what the Lord is leading me in to be able to do. That is the direction. Because I can see how he's accomplishing and doing his works in your life. As you present yourself as the letter that I can read, I can see, oh, the Lord is telling me A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. Because I can read it right in your life. Your testimony, your life tells me. Our brothers, our people on the street, they can read it and the Lord will be glorified. Father, we give you praise. We give you honor and we give you glory. We thank you that we are a letter that has been written or is being written continually by the Spirit. And it is being written by the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us, oh dear Lord, not to ma or to muddle, to crumple this particular page that you are writing so that people are not able to read it clearly or they cannot see what is written. May you grant that, Father, by your grace, Everyone who is here and those ones who are online, the letter will be read clearly and it will bring glory unto your holy name. It will be the true testimony of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you.